Signal signal to noise is better. Okay. Good. Signal to noise. Signal to noise is an important concept. Like in science. Mm-hmm. You know, and interpreting the results of uh, preliminary science. Something that the media always gets wrong. Uh, blah, 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 science rant. Um... <laughs> Good morning. Hi, Matt. Hey, Jody. It's early. It's super early. Yeah. Have you had your coffee? Yes. Uh, yes. I can see the bottom of the mug now. Okay. It hasn't done much for my voice, however. Right? Um, I was just thinking that. I, I think that's the problem with coffee podcasting versus like beer or whiskey podcasting. These are all genres on iTunes, I imagine. But <laughs> this should be the coffee coffee podcasting. Uh, in addition to not having the the same salubrious effect on on my elocution um, and thought process, it it makes my voice scratchy. Yeah, where's your coffee. mute button? Get on the on the mute button. I am. I'm holding it now. But sorry, uh, sorry listeners. Apart from that, um, Jody's mm-hmm. on a on a, a different computer this time, trying to record better sound waves for Matt. So. Even if his good. voice doesn't sound as good, hopefully everything else will sound better. Right. The silence and who will knows? sound better. Just the silence, right. Right. Silence will fall when the question is asked. So what's uh what's up? How how's it going? How you feeling? Um feeling okay. Alright. Um Babies are with the in laws once again. Hmm. hmm. That's nice. So, yeah, got a quiet house, got some time for podcasting. Cool. I've gotten some sleep even. Yeah, all right. All right. So what's new with the um, with the, the, the A and B pair? A and B, um, they're getting pretty big. They're okay. almost six months old. All right. Um, in a couple of weeks, they'll be six months old. So, you know, they're they're eating a bunch. They're, they're starting on... Uh, Solid food is a is a bit too strong of a term, Solid. Uh, but you know, baby food, mushy food, right? So that's fun. Do you make any of your own? Like, do you do that that hipster baby food stuff? Yes, we boil uh, things and puree them. And... and my 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 partner is is preferring that. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've done sweet potatoes, we've done bananas, okay, um, some green beans, I think. Ew. So I mean I like green beans, but the idea of the green bean puree just is revolting. To oh me. well then yeah well yeah you got to puree it and then you got to mix it with with baby formula. So uh, ew yeah God that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I was um, just minding my own business and somebody from work started this group text which just blew up my phone with notifications all morning about. Uh, you know, yesterday being Friday, today's Saturday morning. Yesterday was was Friday, and one of my colleagues wanted to get some work people together for a Friday happy hour at that little microbrewery that we frequent. Um, you know, after school on Fridays during the school year. So this was a you know, and I'm yeah, sure, why not? So it ended up being just just three of us. Well, technically four of us that were there, but one of them was a baby. <laughs> okay, um, so it was. Myself and uh, and and two other teacher friends, and one of them had his baby uh, with him, and uh, you know I sat down, and, and the baby was making every once in a while would just shriek, and 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 somebody would yell, "Who invited this baby?" And, you know, <laughs> but 
um, at a certain point, he said, oh, look at her face. Oh, look at her face. You could tell she's pushing something, meaning she was she was taking a deuce right there, okay. right there in front of us, which is honestly something that makes me a little jealous. But uh, he said, OK, well, I got to I got to, you know, I can't I got to change her like this is not negotiable. And, and he says, well, where am I supposed to do it? Like on the bar or on, you know, what? And I said, well, there's a picnic table outside. And he's like, oh, OK, that's happening. So we, and he says, he says, come outside, Matt. And hold her arms down because she's a roller, and I, you know, and I can't have her rolling off the table while I'm doing things. And I said, I can't tell if you're serious because I just. <laughs> um, and he said, No, I'm, I'm serious. Get up and come outside with me. <laughs> and so I did. Um, yeah, I didn't that's a serious have, issue. You gotta, you gotta yeah. help him out with that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did. I, all I had to do was like stand there and make sure she didn't fall off the table. It wasn't. I didn't actually hold her down, but um, yeah, um, I did watch a, a live changing in person yesterday. Didn't look that hard. He did it. He did it fast. No, it, it's really not that hard. Um, and with a little practice, you know, you get you get pretty good at it. Although he did say that was an easy one. He said, it, you know, depending on how she's sitting and how long it sits, like it gets into more crevices and yeah, yeah, and, you know, it you, could be you get easy ones and you get you get dirtier ones. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's just oh my god, it sounds like the worst. Yeah, you know, sometimes they're in their car seat or they're in one of the 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 walker seats, you know, or one of those bouncing things. <clears throat> yeah, they bouncy bounce, seat, bounce it all up in there, just bounce. Oh, well, god. yeah, they could bounce in it for a while, but sometimes their body weight in that little. Uh, you know, seat thing will just make uh-huh. it squirt right out the top of the diaper. It gets everywhere. It's terrible. Oh, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so many things I haven't considered. Okay, so so six months. Um, what are the what are the milestones that we're checking off? Checking off on our. I'm writing them on my index card. Okay. Uh, B is sitting up pretty well. Okay, so the six months is around sit up time. Yeah. Okay. How many sit ups can they do in a minute? Oh, we haven't tr- we haven't tried. Okay. Um, well, you should because you know the president's fitness thing. That's you know, true. It's illegal now not to be fit or something. Is that how it works? I don't know. I did hear that uh, despite all the the mocking, childhood obesity is down markedly since Michelle Obama's uh, school nutrition push. Oh, like that's like, good. Like a 40 percent decline. Whoa, maybe? whoa! I mean, you know, correlation is not causation, and all that. I'm sure that the situation is complicated, but well, whatever. If it's uh, down forty percent for whatever reason, that's good. Yeah, forty percent is a lot of percent. Mm-hmm. To be, to be uh, so B is sitting up. A is still kind of too good. squirmy to sit up. Hmm. Uh, so, but A is is rolling over like a little steamroller, um, uh, especially okay. especially at night. Um, I've been meaning to make a stop motion video of him at night rolling all around in his crib. In his sleep? Is this still baby dreams? Uh, sometimes it's in his sleep. And now he always sleeps on his face. He always sleeps on, on his stomach. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the other night he was trying to burrow under the mattress cover in the crib as well. That was that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> okay. So we've got, we've got, you know, baby food. We've got sitting up. We've got babbling going, especially A. Okay, so A is A is the talker, and B is like he's the he's the man of action. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's the sit up, take charge. Yeah. Whereas A is the, more more of a thinker, more of a roller. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, are their heads different sizes? Um, 
Is that a, is that a weird question? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> overall circumference, they're actually pretty close. Hmm. But head shape is very different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So B is like almost completely down. spherical. B equals spherical. Uh huh. Okay, go on. And and A has has some contours. Um, A contoured. Yeah. Hmm. He he might he might have my my narrow face. I'm not sure yet. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> have you tried your headset on him? Just uh. To- uh no, but I have gone the other way, trying on some baby hats. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, I suppose either way. Yeah. So. Okay. Hmm. Couple of them almost fit. <laughs> That's why your headset doesn't make all the popping noises. Mine does. <laughs> mine is overstressed for for width. Your giant head. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Okay. So, that's a baby update check. Cross that off the card. All right. So let's see what else is going on. Not a lot on my end. Well, I say that I just got back from New Orleans. That was pretty cool. Which which um, of these vacate you? You've been like, well, your summer mat. Yeah. So right. you can be on vacation now, but you've got uh-huh. you've got here. You've been on three vacations, four, three vacations yeah, in four weeks. I think so. Is that a record? That's right. Um, probably not, but it, it's it's been it's been pretty good. It's not. Um yeah, I I was going to I was going to find some kind of like humble braggy complaint, but I just realized I should just shut the shut the hell up because no, it's been nice. So yeah, Bonnaroo right after school got out and then we did the big good times beach trip, which was was mostly pretty fun and yeah. and um and then we just got back from Nola for the 4th of July. So yeah, it's it's been good. Nola was good, the food was awesome. Um anybody who is interested in exactly where we eat or ate can read about it on my food blog. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh slowly shipping content onto onto the blog. Have you seen it? Uh I've peeked at it. Um I built it, so I I've definitely right, well. <clears throat> I definitely go and peek at it to make sure, you know, I haven't crashed it. Um it seems to be up all the time. Yeah, I've been having a pretty good uptime. I did a big scary update recently. Um, oh, right. I up- updated the whole the whole OS uh, under- okay. underlying your blog. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what that means. It doesn't matter. Okay, it's a it's a bit like changing your pants while running. Okay, good. Um, hmm. Yeah, I haven't tried that, but I've been meaning to. I wrote that down on the card as well. Changing your pants while running. Yeah, um, okay. tuning the engine while you're in the air. And uh, that reminds me, I need to tell you how to back up your posts. Okay, I don't know what that means. I think we've talked about that for the uh, at least your trying site, but uh, not that I recall. All right, that, that doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> oh damn it! I didn't mute it. <laughs> All right, so your blog. Yeah, um, it's been it's been pretty pretty fun adding content to the blog you know I've been uh, just transcribing some of it is just transcribing from the you know the titular green books <laughs> or green book and red book but then you know and it was fun to make a, like a welcome page and an about page you know about us uh, and I put up a page of favorites green book favorites are my list of 
favorite Tampa restaurants that aren't necessarily going to get a full page write up uh, in the Green Book because they're places I've been to a, a million times. And I'm waiting on my partner to do the Red Book favorites. Uh, I know she has a list, but I, I, I need her to like sit down and write a little bit. Oh well, you've got you've got more up there than uh, than the last time I peaked, and and j- just in case the listeners have forgot, this is greenbookredbook.com. That's correct. Yeah, so it's been been fun to be a blagist, but I don't know. I I have some questions. Like, I mean, I know I can't expect the whole internet to uh, find and read and love my blog just because it's important to me all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, but how, how do I know if anybody is reading it? Uh, you will do some analytics. Okay. Which pretty so much means Google analytics. Uh, how, do, how, do, how, do, how does it work? How do, I do, how do I do that? All right. Uh, you go and you sign up with Google analytics mm-hmm. and they give you this weird little token bit of code mm-hmm. that I will probably have to drop into the, um, the theme of your of your blog, okay. and then as people show up, it tells the Google Hive Mind what's happening, uh-huh. and then you'll be able to go look at pretty charts and be depressed at how not internet famous you are. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's okay. Until the robots find famous. you, and right. they will. And it'll be a big a big robot bump. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the at least you're trying <laughs> analytics took a huge jump when the the Russian. Uh, Link, link link bots found us. <laughs> Did I remember to put that that article in show notes? I don't even know. Oh, the agency. yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. Uh, show notes. Yeah, show notes provided that that we ship those for, for this episode. <laughs> this episode may never air. This, uh, but those would be at gtradio.net/alyt/56. Right. Five six. This, yes. This is number fifty six. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, I um, you know, how do you? Okay, so I I can use some use some code, drop some code, get some Google Analytics, see what the hive mind is thinking about my charts. But what? How how does one who has a a blag of ideas to share? How does one introduce this to the world? Like how do I mean? Facebook is is constantly telling me that they are the solution to this. And yeah. If I you know if I have a nineteen dollar advertising budget that I'll reach you know X number of people, but I I think you'll do way better doing it organically on Facebook and everywhere well, else okay. you can think of. Yeah. Um. Ugh, do I have to Instagram. I don't know. Probably Everybody's not. Everybody's on Instagram, Jody. Well, no, I like everybody's on Instagram. Yeah, I guess you could put food pictures on Instagram. People, right. people do that a lot, right? Right. You know, I gotta say, um, I, 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 no one has has said this because I don't think anyone is is reading yet. But I think one of the liabilities of my blog project is that it's it's very short on pictures because I haven't had a working camera phone in months. Oh, yeah. Um, and a couple yeah, images are of, usually important, right? So, like my my most recent um, my uh, part one and part two of my New Orleans trip write up have some pictures because 
because my partner was there and she was she was taking shots and I I stole them from her phone. Okay. But yeah, these uh <laughs> some of my posts literally the only pictures are pictures of the uh, entry in the green book, which is a little, <laughs> which is not you know super interesting to look yeah, at. Yeah, that's kind of cool I, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I mean, it fits the theme and makes it seem, makes it authentic, you know. Yeah, you could do some I, food sketches, like you're a, a food naturalist, <laughs> right? <laughs> like drawing the fish. Yeah, yeah. You got to draw the food in its natural environment. That's right, which is hard to do when you're underwater or you know <laughs> eating uh, food underwater. Or three glasses or four glasses of wine into the meal. Yeah, that also that also makes it hard. Okay, so just just keep it organic. I mean, I am doing the I am doing the uh, the bumps on Facebook. Yeah, every every time I add new content, keep I doing post that on the on the Facebook. You but can... I, I think I really should Instagram. I just God, there's so many so many social media platforms. Yeah. Um. So you know, narrow it down to the couple that you know you'll use and. Uh... I think everybody's on Instagram and and regularly use those. Yeah, you're you're good with Facebook. Yeah, which I appreciate I'm for this show. Facebook competent. Because um, I you know I don't even have an account, so I can't I can't pimp this on Facebook at all. Um. So keep that up, and well, you know, you can't forget to to have good content, um, and tr- try to oh, I'm, yeah try to do good yeah. regular content, and you've got a lot in the can already, which is nice. Yeah, there's a lot more to come. Um, that that is nice. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what you know because ostensibly it's a restaurant blog, right? But I've I've got stuff in my in my little green book that's not directly restaurant related. That's you know. So the, the blog is like I didn't know whether or not to do a New Orleans trip write up, but then I just I started. So yeah, there it is. Because why not? You know, it doesn't have to be just just one thing. I don't know. I hope that if anyone is interested in food or restaurants, they will go over and take a look. Uh, if you have if you took a look when I posted about it uh, two, a week ago, a week and a half ago, take another look because there's a bunch more content, including a two-part write-up on our recent NOLA trip. So um, I, 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 won't, uh, I won't tell a bunch of NOLA stories here. You'll have to go read them over at the blog. But yeah, it's uh, greenbookredbook.com. And uh, last night we had a good talking of restaurants. We had a uh, we had a fun experience last night. Uh, one of my well, I say one of. It's actually according to my own blog, it's my favorite restaurant in Tampa. Is uh, the, <laughs> the, the the Rooster in the Till right here in in Seminole Heights? And you and said in it, fact, it's you said it reopened. Was it closed? Yeah, they were shut for a while. So Rooster is um, was. A tiny little restaurant, and they, they did all their cooking in one oven and a sous vide bath and a couple of induction burners. It's pretty amazing the the quality of food they got out of this super minimal kitchen. That's cool. Uh, which, yeah. which was open. It was right there in front of you. Cons- constraints, um, constraints, and all. Yeah. Sometimes make for really good work. Right. That's actually an interesting an interesting point. Okay, so Rooster, tiny little restaurant, maybe uh, like under like a thousand square feet, including the kitchen tops. I don't know. They had maybe they could maybe seat. It was under thirty that they could seat in the restaurant at, at wow. a time. But they they got pretty popular. You know, they got a lot of good press because you know they're doing quality stuff. And they um, 
they just decided to acquire when the the store next door uh, went out of business. They acquired that space and they started building in it uh, before. Uh, you know, they started building in the other side, kind of building like a mirror image of their restaurant because it, it had this uh, like half a U bar in the small space, and they built the other half of the U in the other place. Okay. But then they had then they had to close for a couple of weeks and knock out the wall in between and bring in all the the new uh, equipment. So they've been shut for a couple of weeks. They had a soft opening last night. Uh, in fact, the other day when my partner and I were walking the dog, we, we walked by and, and they invited us in. They were like bringing it, bringing the chairs and tables back in and setting up and there's still dust everywhere and, and, you know, stuff everywhere. And in fact, they had a couple of my students or former students, uh, they graduated now in their, in their helping. Um, so we, we walked in and they said, you know, I asked when the first service was and they said, maybe Friday, but don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't, of course. You know, they're, they're just people, people in that industry and watchers and appreciators of that industry, like myself, they love to gossip about when things aren't going well. So oh. not that I am not, I, I try not to be this way, but I know that there's a lot of this in that scene. So, you know, you, you don't want to say you're opening Friday and then it, if it doesn't come off because you're, you know, the inspector just doesn't get to you in time or you, you don't have enough product or whatever. Yeah, that's If a, it doesn't come off, then people are talking about how you missed your, your date and what's going wrong. Yeah, so. it sounds like announcing a date for a software project to ship. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, anything like that, yeah. sure. There's, there's a, a million other parallels. But they, um, yeah, so yesterday when I went to go, you know, I was, I was calling to see if I could, if they were going to open and see if, I could get a table. I called after 5 p.m. and they just the phone just rang and rang. They didn't answer. So I made reservations somewhere else. But then when I was coming back from happy hour, I thought, yeah, let me just stop in. And I saw the chef coming out and he was all sweaty and, and super hyper. And uh, said, <laughs> said, chef, when's the first service? He's like, it's, it's, it's right now. It's happening. It's happening right now. I was like, can I get a table for later? He's like, yeah, just go in. Reserve a table. And he was just – he was – uh, just running home to like rinse off and then come back and, and rock the service. So yeah, we ate there at canceled my other reservations, obviously like a gentleman. And we ate there last night and it was packed. <laughs> it was funny as I was, when he, when he said, just go in and reserve a table, he was like, Oh, hang on. Before he left, he comes back in and he says, Hey, uh, you know, uh, Kyle, social media, get the social media guy to do a blast. Tell people we're, we're serving tonight. Like as an afterthought, he forgot about it until he saw me. And then when we came back at eight o'clock, it was packed, <laughs> like packed, just slammed. Uh, and they, they were doing, you know, you could tell from everybody's faces that it was, it was intense, like, you know, but they were, they were keeping up. So, so yeah, shout out to the, to the rooster crew. Uh, I, I, I also canceled a dinner reservation last night. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it wasn't last night. Night before last was uh, my partner and I's fourth anniversary. Oh, nice! Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so we uh, ended up going out last night for that. Cool. I made a reservation for dinner and double-checked the hours at the Chocolatier in Channelside. Okay. Which is a spot we've been wanting to go for a long time and just is never. Is that a restaurant there. or is that just – that's a chocolate shop? It is chocolate and coffee. Gotcha. Um, okay. It is Kochballs with a Q, Q-A-C-H-B-A-L-S. I have no idea what you just said. Uh, I don't know. I think it's Mayan. Anyway, 
I've got you. Uh, chocolate the chili in the chocolate. Yeah, chocolate shop of the sun. You know, um, <laughs> is that? I think that's a Rage Against the Machine joke. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get down there to Channel Side, and uh, we're a little late for our reservation. So where was your reservation? Well, it was this place called Chena, which is an, an oh, Italian. Oh, yeah, an, yeah I've been an Italian China. spot that I've been wanting to go for a while. It's on my favorites list on my website. I really okay. like Okay, I thought it might be. Well, I could have sworn it was in Channelside, and it's not in Channelside. No, it's in one of those douchey condos. It's like Channelside, Channelside Way, but it's in the, the ground floor of one of those condo buildings, which is, I think, no, it's not on Channelside Drive, but it's near. No. I mean, <laughs> it's a couple miles away. <laughs> No, it's not a couple miles away. I used to run there when I lived in Ebor. It's not a couple miles away. Really? It's, okay. It's under a mile from Channelside okay. proper. Well, go- sure. Google doesn't know where it is either then. Oh, okay. Because it was telling me it was in downtown somewhere. No, it's not downtown. Oh, okay, nobody knows where this restaurant is. Matt, Matt a, apparently yeah. knows where this restaurant is. I know exactly is. where it is. Uh, yeah, listeners, but... if you want to actually go there, then then find it. <laughs> via find it Matt's... on my website. <laughs> yes, find it via Green Book, Red Book. <laughs> Because uh, I don't know where it is. So I – and, you know, my partner is like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go to the chocolatier right now. <laughs> you know, we'll have dessert first whatever. Sure. Uh, and that worked out really well. Yeah, Good. we we got to take our time in the chocolate shop. We we spent kind of too much money in the chocolate shop. There's still cannolis huh. in my fridge. I, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned cannolis. But oh, the cannolis are so is- good. My partner is in a, a a serious cannoli phase right now, where she's like hunting down a like at least one cannoli per day, <laughs> and she doesn't stock them like you've done in in the fridge. She has to go and acquire a new one. Yeah, well, they don't day. keep that long, you know. Well, I would imagine not. Yeah, but we did end up at a good at a good place. Uh, okay, in South Tampa, mm-hmm. which may or may not be on on your uh, on your blog. Pane Rustica, have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. That is definitely going to be on my partner's favorites. I like Pane Rustica as a lunch place. I don't really like it so much as a dinner place. Uh, but for lunch, would they just do the counter service and you go in and you get the, the flatbread pizzas are, are, are quite good. But, yeah, I, I like I like Pane Rustica. Nice wine selection. Yeah, it was pretty good. I had ooh, probably the – might be the best chicken I've ever, hmm. ever had there. They're like balsamic – Glaze uh, oven roasted chicken dish was with bread pudding. Unbelievable. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Was the bread? Wait, the bread pudding was part of the dish. It's part of the dish. It's a it's a bread pudding. It's like a savory, a savory bread pudding. Yes, okay. uh, savory bread pudding. Some gotcha. uh, greens and garlic, and then this uh, half half a chicken. Sure. Fantastic, man. Ooh. I yeah. need to yeah, I make, need to figure out how to food. do that. Yeah, for sure. They make good food. I, I I need to learn how to confit bird. Like, you know, confit wings or you know I I I think I think it's I think it's gonna be annoyingly difficult and it'd be one of those things that I'll I'll try and then decide, you know what, this is this is this is what restaurants are for. <laughs> for confiting things for me. <laughs> yeah. Because it it sounds kinda difficult, but I'm I'm drawn to at least try the technique. That that's my next uh, my next kitchen adventure, I think. So okay, cool, restaurants. Yeah, for once I, I get to add to the restaurant discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to try that uh, 
Do they have a variety of cannolis at the chocolatier? Um, no, I think they only had the one, the one sort. Okay. But they're, uh, you know, a nice, nice size cannoli. We got cannolis. We got a bunch of truffles. Got some coffee. Yeah, I think I might need some more coffee. Like now. Hmm. <laughs> it's early, Jody. Yeah, it's really early. All right. Cool. Cool. Okay, so what else? Um, what else do we have here in the, uh, in the stack? We should talk about the, Lady Sportsball Esquire article at least briefly. Okay. Yeah. So Lady Sportsball Esquire sent us an article. This was actually quite a while ago. We, we read it and meant to talk about it before uh, in episode fifty-five, and then just spaced and forgot. But the article is called "Computer Solves 120-Year-Old Biology Problem That Had Scientists Stumped." Now, as an aside, this media trope of scientists are baffled is something that really annoys me. <laughs> and, okay. and it's right here in the in the headline. Not that this is a bad article or it's from a bad site or anything. It's from uh, sciencealert.com. We'll put a link in the in the show notes. But yeah, that that's one of those science journalism tropes that that once you start noticing it is is really annoying. Anyway, that little that minor peeve of mine aside, the the article is, is pretty interesting. So you you want to you want to give us a thin slice? Yeah, um, it's about uh, the worms. Oh gosh, I can't remember what the worms are called. I think they're flatworms. Aren't they? Flatworms, some kind of yeah. flatworms, right? The ones that you can cut in half and they become two worms. Yeah, they regrow as as two worms. <laughs> Spooky regenerative flatworms. Yeah, so weird. And, and there's so a, weird. Yeah, there's a bunch of really simple critters like that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that can just are they're basically immortal, and you know you can keep keep slicing them up, which is freaky and um, super freaky. They've never you, quite been able to figure out how that's possible but um they were able to use some machine learning to uh figure out what the genetic structure is to actually pull this off um and the article kind of like you said it it seemed like a reliable science centric site but uh, yeah they wanted to make it a little spooky like the computer had uh right done, done something um I think you know. in in both the in both the headline and remember headlines are often not written by the actual journalist who who talk to the scientist you know headlines are often generated. There's so many different problems. Actually, this is a huge rabbit hole. I could I could go down. There's so many problems with science journalism, but and one of them, one of the actually comparatively minor ones, is that the headlines often have very little to do with the content of the article. And yeah. I, I'm not saying that's the case here exactly. But the headline is definitely it, – it, it wants to make you th- – it makes you want to think about AI, right? And this is not really about AI. No, not really. It, uh, it's definitely some, some really great machine learning stuff. Right. Um, and it, I think my favorite part of all of this is that the scientists had the right data to feed the machine – and the right. machine learning algorithms that it that it was able to arrive at a solution. Yeah. Okay. So the 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 way I interpret it is they already had an existing giant data set about the genes that are present, 
because these days you can you can sequence up a genome of anything in in an afternoon for very little money, which is amazing in and of itself. But sure, uh, I mean compared to last time I took biology, which was in like 1994 in Mr. Ward's class, um, <laughs> they were they were still on like it was a big deal that they were about to finish the human genome project, you know, and that was a multi-decade. Billion Billions, dollar project, yes. you know. So it's amazing that today I could send uh, scraping from my cheek to a company like Twenty Three and Me. They're not a sponsor, but I could send them a little uh, genetic sample and for under a grand get my whole genome back in the mail. That so that's spectacular, but that's a derail. Anyways, they already had this um, this genetic this data set of of genetic material, but the permutations are just nearly infinite, you know? Because you know how it works with permutations. Right? It, it, the numbers are just <laughs> so huge. So the for human, the reason it's a 120-year-old problem is that so humans can say, okay, maybe this gene connects to this gene. Now let's run an experiment to see if that's true. And then, okay, that experiment was unsuccessful, so uh, maybe it's this one and this one. And that process is just so painfully slow. And what the computer could do is is take that massive data set and just, um, I mean, it, it's just, it just crank on it, right? What's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, Compute? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a brute brute force approach. Yeah, is how I sure. see it. It's a brute force approach. Where it just literally, it literally tries all the permutations. And when it finds a permutation that uh, moves that results in something that's closer to real world observed data. It continues in that direction. If the combination it tries takes it farther away from the real world results, it abandons that approach and, and moves in a different direction. And it just, you know, it just brute forces the problem. So it, it is a cool machine learning pic- thing. Picturing a, a linear regression problem, but just with a lot, you know, more dimensions, more data points. Yeah. Um, but it's not AI. So it, it, I don't want to make it seem like we're, we're poo-pooing this article because it still really is amazing. But it's, it's, it's not a, a Skynet type of solution that had to happen here. No, no. Just, just, just really clever coding. And um, it, it is – and it's neat that at the end – okay, and this is another science journalism trope – uh, at the end, they always say, "Okay, what's next up?" So now we know a little bit more about the genetics of flatworms, right? Who gives a? Shit? Well, you know, like science enthusiasts like you and I, we care. And the the using a computer in this way to solve this kind of problem is is cool in and of itself. But of course, the journalist has to tickle the next big thing. Like in and in science journalism, when they're when they come to the end of the article and the scientists are. Asked, okay, so like, what is this gonna is this gonna result in flying cars or you know the journalist always needs to get that pull quote about what this advance is gonna lead to. Well, the two most common, in my experience of of reading many many articles about science, the two most common that they go with are curing cancer or curing the common cold, and, <laughs> and this one goes for cancer. Okay. At the end, it says, next up, the computer scientists are tackling the question of metastasis, uh, how right. cancer begins to spread through the body, which is another, you know, you can't apply this approach to everything because it's only going to work when you have that vast data set and a very clear question that that data set can answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so using it in cancer research 
does seem like a great application uh, because we have so many millions of data points, you know? Uh, going back to your comment about how the the writers don't get to pick their own headlines sometimes. Yeah. So now, now that you're a, a bloggist, you mm. you know how this how this could happen. But sometimes, if you look at the URL of the post, uh-huh. you'll you'll see the um, the most right hand part is called the slug usually, okay. and that will oftentimes contain the original title, which is kind of the original headline. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and so you'll you'll see what the writer wanted to you know wanted to call it, wanted the headline to be, uh, and then you can compare that with uh, what they were forced to ship. Oh, that's funny. Can provide well, some interesting insights sometimes, and sometimes it's even more. I'll look out for that. Yeah, sometimes it's even more flagrant and clickbaity than than the the finishing title, you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, God. <sighs> Clickbait. I don't even know. I hate listicles so much. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and yet, I have one on my blog. It's my list of favorite restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Number four will shock you. One weird <laughs> trick to learn Matt's favorite restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, science journalism has um, a lot of really obvious problems, but it's so important. You know, I... I sometimes, um, as a science educator, I am trying to get kids excited about the pursuit of science, you know, as a, as a, an intellectual human endeavor. Um, but sometimes I will get on one of my science journalism rants and, and, and realize that I should be grooming some of these kids not to be scientists, but to be science journalists. I mean, some of them would be better science journalists than they would be, you know, lab lab geeks. Huh. So it's it's so important because the scientists themselves are not always good at talking directly to uh, to people. You know, a scientist and a science popularizer are often are often different. Although the best, I think, science popularizers like. Uh, Carl Sagan or Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or Bill Nye, they are serious scientists. You know, yeah, they're not yeah. they're not dilettantes like me. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, science journalism is is something that like a lot of uh, a lot of big papers no longer have a science desk. You know, so the the guy writing the the science the weekly science bit, he might not have any science background at all. He's just a generalist. You know, and he's I don't know. They, they don't pay him by the word exactly. They they pay him by the by the article, and they're asked to they're asked to contribute so much per day in this the current media climate, the online media climate, that it's no wonder that quality has suffered. And you know, this quality has suffered across the board. But when you have people who don't understand science doing the science reporting, you get these dumb clickbaity headlines, and you get you get. Um, Everything is a cure for cancer or the common cold, and you get a lot of hype about really preliminary work that that never pans out. You know, the, the hype is is often unjustified, but it's not a sexy article to say. You know, the researchers caution that while this does appear to be to to work in animal models, that the you know the conversion rate of what works in animal models to uh, human trials is like two percent. So like, nobody wants to, would like to point out that ferrets are not humans. Yeah, you don't want to just throw that giant wet blanket on the on the article at the end. But I mean, I yeah, 
It's science is hard, and and I think doing good science journalism is is also also a bit tricky. You know, you want people to be excited, you want to generate interest. You know, what's the point of doing a great article if nobody reads it? But it's it's easy to fall into the trap of of overhyping everything as a cure for cancer, and 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 it's also easy from the public, from the non scientist, non science educator public. It's easy to understand why they get. Um, disillusioned because how many cure for cancer articles have they read you know and where the f- is that cure for cancer yeah you know where, yeah. where's, where's my jetpack where's my flying car so i i understand i know that those are dumb but straw ha- men but yeah but how do you justify research into monoclonal antibodies <laughs> yeah you know which turn out to be <laughs> some of the most useful bits uh we've been able to uh yeah, to conjure up in the last fifty years, right? Or like, you know, when researchers were first studying uh, prions and you know protein folding, there was pressure to you know like guys get back to get back to trying to cure the common cold and cancer. Well, but because <laughs> it was just general research at first, and now we know that there are this huge variety of conditions that are are related to uh, misfolded proteins. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and we're going to be able to fix that soon. Well, not soon, but. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> All right. Lady Sportsball Esquire. Keep the links coming. Yeah. Um, Matt did work himself into a, a bit of a science rant there, so I hope that's what you were hoping for. Yeah, this was a morning science rant. That was a coffee rant. I, I think the uh, the whiskey or beer version would be very different. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I need, I need more coffee, Jody. <laughs> well, I don't have a whole... Uh, we gotta We got to wrap this up pretty soon. Okay. So we did science. Mm. We did science. Uh, did your blog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you let's let's Pot. talk about sports ball. Sports ball. Hey, what did you think of the? I know you're listening to uh, Merlin's one of Merlin's new podcasts, uh, the one you mentioned on the show, Reconcilable Differences with John Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been listening too, and uh, and I like it. But what did you think about that discussion they had about sports? Uh, my favorite part about that discussion was that Merlin thought that John's arguments were specious. But I felt like Merlin was being really shrill and irrational. When I'm a big yeah, Merlin fan, as you know, but he like, was. I thought he was just in the weeds. Like he, I, I thought he had nothing. And yeah, John's arguments were not. Not flimsy to me. So, listeners, of course, don't know what we're talking about unless they they heard that episode. But they had this. I will put a link to the episode in the show notes. They had this argument about the social value of sports and whether sports were net net positive or net net negative. And Merlin thinks <laughs> essentially thinks that they're a negative. He claims to be neutral neutral about it, but he's saying that he thinks that they're a negative. And John thinks the opposite that they're a net positive. And I found John's argument pretty persuasive which is i mean okay yeah there's the hand wavy evo psych thing and i've i've ranted yeah. about evolutionary psychology before so i won't get into all yeah, of that that was and, that and, was a part of his his uh his support yeah and he knew that that was a semi flimsy flimsy premise he acknowledged that but the idea is that we have this john called it xenophobia merlin called it tribalism i actually prefer uh-huh. merlin's term we have this this instinct toward tribalism built into our DNA, which I think is well-established. We all know that this is true. And John's point was that sports are a 
uh, healthy outlet. Re- yeah, reasonably healthy outlet for that instinct. You know that that okay. Yeah, there are negatives to sports, and you could you know talk about uh, concussions and the exploitation of of people in professional sports. You can talk or about people rioting after their team wins. Yeah, <laughs> wins or loses, right? So the, like, <laughs> sure, you know he he acknowledged that there are um, that there are problems, but his point was that compared to the other outlets for that instinct, you know, like like seeking to use your power to segregate your your world, or uh, or actually fighting wars, or um, you know. Uh, like baseball games preventing lynchings or something, which is, I think, is a, a little bit of a reducto ad absurdum. But his point is that compared to the other outlets for that instinct, sports are at, at least not so maladaptive. And I agree. I think he's right. And I'm not sure what Merlin's point was. Merlin's point yeah. was that he feels sad because he because he doesn't like sports as much as other people, and he thinks that they look down on him about it or something. Uh, clearly, he's had social problems. And yet he's told stories about this. like meeting baseball, uh, baseball players changing his life, you know, like yeah, one of his that's strongest... from his youth. Yeah. I don't I don't um, It's it is very strange. I I feel like it's a it's something that really bothers him for whatever reason. And right, which so, is why he's all snarky snarky about he, the sports ball. Yeah. So he really had trouble dealing with <laughs> such a such a calm and yeah. um and practiced debater, as John Syracuse well, yeah. said. <laughs> and, and John was just calmly asking him to, you know, to state his state his first principles, you know. He's calmly asking yeah. him to lay out his argument, and he just didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, and as a, a, a little bit a little bit more background for the listeners on John Syracuse, he, he's been arguing with people on the internet uh, in the most polite ways since the early days of Usenet. So he's really good at it. <laughs> yeah, no, no he question. Can, he, he can uh, definitely sum up his thoughts well. Uh, in a very, very complete way, and yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. He's yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's an interesting dude. He's one of he's one of the the best models for if you must argue on the internet, this is how it's done. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I, I think about the internet arguments that I've read or, or participated in. For example, on the the neurological blog, which I really like. Um, you know the comments, the the, art, the arguments in the comments are pretty fun. Yeah, you've linked to that blog a, a lot in the past. Yeah, I have. It's it's still a favorite. Anyway, talking of sports, I you know this summer is my this is my sports season, and how about how about the U.S. Women's World Cup team? I mean, how about our national soccer team winning the winning the cup? Wasn't that exciting? Did you watch That's the pretty, game? That's pretty cool. I did not watch the game. Oh. No one's no one's surprised by that. No. It's not. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty exciting. I watched nearly every game of the cup, like even when the when our women were not playing. So I I, I got pretty into it as as you'd expect. But um, yeah, yeah, and then, you know England got the third place, which is a big deal for England. That that third place game, I had it in the in the in the DVR, and I finally got around to watching it. Uh, you could tell that like Germany was clearly the better side, but didn't care so much i mean germany has a couple of world cup wins so a third third place medal in fact the commentator even said something which ah, kind of rubbed me the wrong way she was saying you know once you have a couple of world cup wins like i've lost one of my third place medals i don't even know where it is Uh, that's terrible (laughs) like what it's like geez (laughs) but yeah germany didn't care on the other hand england i i might be getting this slightly wrong but england's women's team had never 
I think made it past the first round, like they never made it out of the first elimination round. So this was a huge deal for them, a big deal for, um, for you know, women's soccer or football in in England. So that was so they they were clearly they were clearly uh, chuffed to bits to win the third place. So that was cool. I was glad they won. Very nice. And then let's see in other in other sports, you know, the tour, the Tour de France is on. This is one of my favorite sporting events. One of the I think the hardest things that a, a human being can do with their body is the Tour de France. Uh, and it's it's been I think stage eight is today. So we're we're eight days in, and there's been lots of crashes. And, and you said uh, they're starting in the mountains now, right? Yeah, today is the first uh, first climber stage. Mm-hmm. I neat thing from the tour: the first ever black African to wear a leader's jersey uh, is this this guy from with a really hard to say name. I think it's Daniel Tekwahemnot. Nice. Very sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, he's from Eritrea. He's an Eritrean gentleman, and he uh, he lives in the mountains in Eritrea. So he's a, a natural climber. Uh, and he's wearing the polka dots right now. Um, Very I nice. I don't know if he'll be able to keep it, it to, since today there'll be a lot more polka dot points on offer. Polka dots are the that's the um, the jersey worn by the best climber in the the race. So you win points by being the first over uh, various hills. But it, anyway, it was really neat to see him go out on a breakaway and sweep up the points and take the lead because apparently it had been his his dream since he was a child to wear the polka dots, even more so than the yellow. So that was huh? cool. Super cool. Um, and obviously, you know, cycling, European cycling. Well, cycling as a competitive sport is a very European thing, which means it's a very white thing, and it, it's neat to see a little bit of diversity, you know. So that's that's pretty neat. So shout out to Daniel Tequahemanat. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, um, let's see what else has been going on. The British Grand Prix was excellent. Uh, the <laughs> excellent start for any any of my Formula One fans out there, I'm sure they saw it. But the start and the, and especially the first half of the British Grand Prix, well, really the whole thing, the rain coming in, and that was that was super exciting. That's uh, one of the two Formula One Grand Prix tracks I've actually been to, but I was only there for practice at Silverstone. I didn't get to see a race. But uh, you, you remember that story when I was yeah yeah when I was on you had uh, to you had to take a bus studying abroad yeah yeah. Psychotic bus drivers. <laughs> um, it's fu- it's pretty fun to sit on the top deck of a double decker bus that's going on these these English B roads because in the top you can sit right oh, up so front. Narrow. Yeah, the roads are super narrow, and the, in the bus, the, the top deck of one of these double decker buses, you can sit right up at the front like you're the driver. It's like so, I'm in the very first row. There's just a windshield and then the world, you know. So it doesn't feel like you're in the back of a bus. It it feels like you know I don't know you're in, you're like in a, the front of a roller coaster you're in the front of a roller coaster exactly right so I, I do remember that very clearly going to Silverstone to watch uh, a practice day it's pretty cool pretty cool yeah didn't watch any Wimbledon this year though I just too many vacations I couldn't I couldn't keep up with everything so I kept yeah, up with the well, with the World Cup instead that's good can't do all the sports ball no there's there's just, so much yeah. And my DVR couldn't couldn't handle it. I might I might need to upgrade. You filled it up. Oh yeah, and then it starts deleting stuff on you, and then like that's just maddening, you know. <laughs> if, well, if something that I really wanted to race gets gets deleted oh, because because it's recording, you know, these machines are so stupid. But this is the this is the 
phone company supplied box, right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. This is not an expandable TiVo system that you can no, jam more hard drives into. No, it's just the 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 yeah. <sighs> Verizon still haven't pulled the trigger on a new phone, <laughs> which is it's becoming a problem for blogging reasons because I need to have a working camera phone to do a good job on my blog. And um, I, you know, shout out to my partner, my spouse for picking up some of the slack and taking some pictures and sending them to me so I could have some some pictures. But um, I really need a working camera phone, Jody. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just, it's just silly. <sighs> Well, you can just keep waiting on those on those new uh, new new Chinese smartphones. Yeah, fancy new phones to come out from OnePlus. You know, the CEO of that company is twenty six years old. Wow, no. And they they shipped they shipped like one point two million of their first product, the OnePlus One. They had planned to sell a hundred thousand, and yeah. they were they were a factor of ten out. And they originally thought that only 6% of their sales would be outside the Chinese market. 94% they expected to be sold in China alone. And you could basically flip those numbers is hmm. the, way it, the way it worked out in the end. Cool. Well, they do have some they, – they've got deep pockets. Um, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. Where, so the, they have really strong ties to Oppo. I want to say the company is. So there's a big established um, manufacturer, electronics manufacturer called Oppo. I think it's OPPO um, that has made smartphones previously. Uh They've made a bunch of audio gear and they're, they basically funded OnePlus. Gotcha. So OnePlus is almost like a little subset of Oppo. Little uh, skunkworks. yeah, exactly. So it, it, you know, it's not so quite. It didn't a, come out. It didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's n- it's not a Cinderella story out of nowhere. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, they've story. got they've got good funding and they've mm. got good people. Yeah. Um. So, but it's still it's still cool that they're that they're shipping phones. I just wish yeah. those marketing disasters would would stop. You mean the invites? Although they've been they've been pretty good lately. No, I was talking about the. Um, uh, the only one that's coming to mind right now is you were supposed to send a picture of yourself with one plus written on your skin, what? and then they would somehow judge whether or not that was an attractive enough picture, and then they would put you on the waiting list for the phone. Do you not? Did you not hear about this? Oh, this that's was, gross. That's pretty. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah, it was. It was horrible. That's it was basically into gross. You know, hot girls, please send us selfies with skin. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. It's kind of a disaster. Hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, but yeah. So that that phone is coming out soon, according to the internet. So it'll come out at the end of the month. Oh, and they're teasing you with those technical details too. Oh, I know. Uh, I mean, the specs <laughs> on it look great, but I the the invite thing is just ugh. And yeah. especially if I have to like, do I have to send a d- pic to get a phone or I mean, maybe? Huh. You, you know what? You should just go ahead and start sending them just <laughs> just in case. That's a good idea. Oh, but your phone camera doesn't work. Oh, oh. well, I have an iPad. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the look. I like the S6 Active. You know, the waterproof version. But that's AT and T only, and there's there's little chance that that's going to change, according to my brief googling. And uh, yeah, I, there's a there's a Sony uh, waterproof phone that might be coming out. I think it's called the Z3. 
I don't I don't know much about it, but yeah, I don't gonna, know about that one either. I'm, I'm going to start googling that one. Uh, you know, since I'm into phones that don't exist. All right. Yes, that's true. Oh, but the clock on the wall says hmm. I don't have any more podcasting time. Oh, are we on podcasting time? Okay. All yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I gotta right, go. I, I gotta go meet meet my estranged dog and mother at the vet. Oh no. Is everything okay? I think so. Uh, he he stepped on something recently. Oh. And you know, normally that's just a sand spur. Right. And you can pull it out, or he he licks on it until it gets soggy and falls out. But uh, he's still having trouble with his foot. So. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. You maybe you should yeah. try some of that 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 beard dye on him, like to. Oh. Yeah. You know, Grecian ju- five. Just for canine edition. <laughs> just for man's best friend. <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's better. <laughs> uh, maybe he'd be more you know more resilient. If he didn't think of himself as an old dog, you know, if he got yeah. rid of the gray on his on his muzzle, uh huh, <laughs> could get him a little toupee as well. A merkin. <laughs> <laughs> Although now his voice is letting him down, so you know, yeah, I'm can't win. Too. I, you know, you know what? We should just. Well, I was gonna say we should stop trying to win, but that's against the spirit of our podcast. <laughs> you gotta keep. You gotta keep trying. <sighs> okay. When? When um, what? When the audio game? Yeah. This is a strange game. The only way to win is not to play. Yeah. I think that's true of podcasting in general. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Which you had in the notes, I think. Yeah, I did put it in a thing. Okay. Because Merlin was saying that podcasting is getting harder. He and Dan think so. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think maybe everything is getting harder. Is just everything getting harder? 